I love the nature of the job that we've all got an equal chance, but you know, first in best dressed, um, there's a bit of a drive to be, you know, a better fisherman. When when that all goes well, there's no better feeling. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast. I'm John Sussman. The Spencer Gulf prawn fishing community is one of the most exclusive fisheries in the world. Only 39 vessels fish the cold, clean waters of South Australia's Spencer Gulf, and they only fish them for an average of 55 nights per year. Not only is the fishery only open for a limited number of nights, but it's also highly restricted as to where the vessels can fish. With such long periods of seasonal closures and vast areas where no fishing occurs at all, the fishing community only operates within 15% of the available area ensuring natural preservation and regeneration of the prawns. The fishing operations correspond with the phases of the moon, conducted over the dark of the moon in the non-breeding months of November, December, March, April, May and June. Fishing takes place at night, with the average trawl a mere 50 minutes. After each trawl, the catch is emptied onto a sorting table where the prawns are graded and either cooked or packed raw, or green, and blast frozen on the vessel. The time the prawn takes to go from seafloor to freezer is generally less than 30 minutes. This minimal time lag guarantees the culinary integrity of the Spencer Gulf King Prawn. Of the 39 licenses to fish the Spencer Gulf Prawn Fishery, many are retained by the same families that started the fishery under mutual agreement in 1968. Ashley Lucan is a third generation fisherman from one such family. Having been born into the fishery, there isn't much he doesn't know about it. I'm Ashley Lucan, a prawn fisherman from Spencer, well, in Spencer Gulf, South Australia. Currently anchored on the western shore of Spencer Gulf, hiding from the breeze. So, grandfather come out, is a Croatian immigrant. Um, they were, he, he and his brothers and his mates were all pioneers of the tuna fishery in that from the beginning. Um, yeah, I think got into dabbled in other fisheries as well and got into the prawns and yeah dad dad's been in the prawn fishery here since he was at school and then i followed suit well for me as a kid i hated it hated being on the water hated getting dirty um it was the last thing i wanted to do and then went out i think i was 14 and went out on my first prawn trip and violently seasick the whole time and then (laughs) We um we had a sardine boat as well, so sort of from then I was, you know, working doing a couple trips a year on the prawn boat, and then whenever they were short staffed on the sardine boat, I'd get picked up from school and chucked on the boat for the night and go to work and back to school again the next day. So that was sort of my introduction into it. Yeah, well, I was always told you're not getting on the boat until you've got a trade or a qualification or you know go to uni um i think i was doing my year 12 exams and one of the guys quit off the boat so i think i finished my exams on the thursday jumped on the boat on the monday to fill in and yeah that was meant to be temporary and i'm still here sitting at the bottom of the air peninsula in south australia is boston bay the largest natural harbour in Australia. Port Lincoln is home to the largest commercial fishing fleet in the Southern Hemisphere, and as part, is home to the Spencer Gulf King Prawn Fleet, 
The prawn industry and its associated businesses are one of the powerhouses of the local economy. Spencer Gulf Prawn Fishery, we've got 39 licences, so 39 vessels out here. Uh, I think we average about 1,800 tonne a year. We have quite a short season, so we only fish on average 50 nights a year. Um, yeah, fish November and December, and then March through to June. So located in Port Lincoln, um, quite a big fishing port there. The big marina, we got tuna industry, crayfish industry, abalone, shark, sardines, um, mussel industry, aquaculture. It's sort of you name it, and it's all based out of Port Lincoln. King prawns were first trawled from the Spencer Gulf by the fishery investigation ship the Endeavour in 1909, but it wasn't until 1968 the then Director of Fisheries introduced restricted entry and only 25 prawn fishing permits were granted. These early management measures were introduced to prevent over-exploitation of the prawn resource and set in place one of the most highly managed wild catch prawn fisheries in the world. The Spencer Gulf Prawn Fishery also documented catch and effort statistics from its inception in 1968, giving it one of the deepest libraries of data of any of the prawn fisheries known. The fishery is one of the few self-managed fisheries that continues to be recognised for its firm control on the resource, ensuring the ongoing sustainability of both harvest and the fleet. So the way we're managed is quite unique. We, um, we've got ministerial delegation to basically sign off on our own fishing and harvest strategies. Um, we, yeah, the 39 vessels, we basically, we have a management committee that manages how the fisheries run and they'll set a, you know, a date and a time. So we all start the same time, we all stop the same time. All input controlled, so the vessel length is restricted horsepower, net size, everything but quota basically. So this makes for an interesting uh, environment because it's a bit of a gold rush really. So we do three stock assessment surveys a year, uh, one in November, then one in March, another one in April. So we will do that before we go to work. Um, the results of that gives us like obviously what the biomass is in the Gulf and then we will use that information to sort of work out what what the condition the fisher is in and then we use that information to sort of have open and closed areas. We close areas off where we know what the big spawning prawns are, we close areas off where the juveniles are, if they're under a certain average size, we close it. Um, yeah, so we sort of, we always try and protect the small ones because they're not worth much until they grow and when they grow they're worth a lot more and it keeps the fishery healthy. Um, before Christmas, so the, the prawns spawn out over that summer period and the Christmas market is obviously your best time but obviously they're spawning you don't want to hit them too hard so we have like a fleet catch cap at that time of year um, 
survey results will give us yeah an allowable catch that we can take and we've sort of found that yeah if we ever have gone over that we sort of pay for it down the track so since that's been implemented you know the golf's never looked healthier the spencer golf prawn fishery is a world leader in the way the prawn catch is handled including short trawl shots to reduce damage to the prawns the use of hoppers for efficient sorting of the catch and rapid return of the bycatch to improve survivability and sustainability. Graders to sort the prawns into marketable size categories and snap freezing facilities that enable full processing on board. Uh, anywhere between a week to two weeks. Uh, not, not very long, just long enough to get in the rhythm. Um, and then, yeah, working from sunset till sunrise, basically. Yeah, so we'll get up in the afternoon we set everything up and head to where we want to start fishing um yeah so sunset so we'll set this time of year it's 6 30 so at 6 30 it's like a gun goes off and everyone takes off um yeah we'll shoot the gear away so yeah we fish with uh twin gear so we've got two nets one out each side of the boat um they're attached to otter boards which they well, they go through the water and um, help spread the net open. So, yeah, we'll, we'll choose an area where we want to start fishing and then as we hit that, that time where we're allowed to start, we'll deploy the nets. So they run out through a pulley on the end of our booms and back behind the boat, sort of have there about... 100 metres, 120 metres behind us. So average trawl time's about 50 minutes. We um, can do shorter or longer depending on the volume that you're catching. Um, you know, it's nice to know what you're catching. We're relatively shallow water prawn fishery. So, you know, to do multiple shots a night, it doesn't waste too much time. Um, yeah, and then also with the shorter shorter trawl times that we do, your product's getting landed on board a lot, you know, a lot fresher and you try and maintain that quality. The nets are emptied into, we've got hoppers, like big bins on the deck, um, full of seawater. So any bycatch that we do get is given a chance to stay alive and uh, the prawns run up over a conveyor belt and then go through a grading machine which separates, you know, all the prawns into about seven different sizes. And then from there, they will either cook the product or it'll be green product. The prawns will go over the processing table where the guys will second grade everything. Um, anything that's too big, too small will get picked out. Anything that's damaged or soft-shelled We'll pick out. They then pack them into five kilo cartons, which then get snap frozen, and that's a yeah export ready product. The boys are busy because you want that fish graded and processed and frozen as quick as you can. So we sort of maintain that freshness by snap freezing it that quickly. Uh, ours all go to Sydney and then get distributed from there, but they're all pretty much all kept domestic. We haven't really exported much for years now. So, yeah, sunrise, 
again, we all start at the same time, so then we all stop the same time. We'll winch the nets up, uh, empty them out for the last time. Uh, the guys will go through and finish all that. While they're doing that, we'll steam towards an anchorage, and then they'll give everything a good clean-up. And, yeah, we usually sit around the table and have breakfast, and we eat better out here than we do at home, much to my wife's disgust. Um, this time of year, when you got your shorter days and longer nights, we're sort of a little bit time poor, so there's quite a bit of slow cookers or roasts or easy things like that. Um, summertime's a bit more laid back. you got long days and short nights, so we often have a barbecue. We've got a charcoal barbecue on the back deck. So, yeah, we, we, we do all right. <laughs> and then try and get as much sleep as we can. Real-time management gives the fleet the ability to change fishing strategies very quickly whilst at sea, based on the movement of the prawns. The movement of prawns is very dynamic, particularly during periods when the tides are strong. Through the committee at sea, comprising of members of the fleet, the Spencer Gulf prawn fishery is monitored and closed to mutual agreement when catch levels drop below a deemed sustainable level. This process is as unique as it is effective. We have a, a committee at sea that runs, basically runs the day-to-day -day of the fishery out here. We'll, um, we've got our open and closed areas, we've got rules in place so that you know, if closure lines are getting worked and things like that. We shift them every day to stop the flood of small prawns coming over the line. Um, so we sort of use real-time management to protect, to protect small prawns and to monitor and maintain the fishery. So we have trigger limits in place. Um, when we know we're starting to get close to those trigger limits, we've got a committee at sea, they'll meet in the morning and we'll sort of assess whether we think average catches are going to be above or below that trigger limit. And if we think we're getting close or we are below it, we'll um, make the decision to close the fishery that morning. So everything's done in real-time management, which is, I think, quite unique. Um, yeah, so we'll head home. Um, yeah, we all end up back in the marina in Port Lincoln. It's a pretty hectic. We're all trying to unload. There's sort of two unloading crews that do the majority of the fleet. So unloading can be anywhere from a day and a half to three days, four days we can be waiting to unload. So in that time, we'll just clean the boat top to bottom um yeah the nets come off go to the shed give them a thorough check and tune up and um any maintenance that needs to be done on the boat because we have such a short season we can't afford any downtime so we sort of over maintain everything we'd spend as many days cleaning and fixing things on the boat as what we do actually working with them with only 50 to 55 nights to maximise the harvest, every vessel in the fleet must be in perfect working order so as to not miss any opportunities to fish. It could be said that the Spence Gulf Prawn Fleet is one of the most highly maintained and prepared fishing fleets in the world. The skippers and crew are also some of the most prepared and motivated. There's a lot, like myself, we're 
skipper and engineer, so we've basically got enough with the boat to keep us busy in those breaks. Um, a lot of guys will have second jobs, so when I was on deck for Dad, I used to go oyster farming at Coffin Bay. It was a perfect, perfect match, basically, with the way our seasons worked. Um, yeah, and then my guys, one's a marine scale fisherman, another one's a builder, so they've got enough work in between trips to keep themselves busy and just keep keep a bit of a wage rolling in. Some guys will use them and go tuna towing or try and do other things with them because it is a lot of a lot of vessel to have sitting there for six months of the year doing nothing. Um, but yeah, we will use those big breaks to do any major maintenance work, any overhauls or anything like that. Um, sitting idle for that long isn't good for them, so we generally will try and come down once a month and just run everything, keep everything moving. The Spencer Gulf King Prawn Fishery sailed into the history books with a series of firsts in sustainability in November 2011. The fishery became the first prawn fishery in the Asia-Pacific and the first king prawn fishery in the world to gain the prestigious Marine Stewardship Council MSC certification for sustainability. It is from this platform that the Spencer Gold fishery continues to be recognised as one of the most sustainable wild catch prawn fisheries on the planet. Yes, gold standard for sustainable fishery management. Um, and it's it doesn't feel like it's opened doors for us, but it, I think it stopped doors from closing. Um, there's more and more awareness now that you know, lots of the customers want an MSC certified product and, you know, we're, we're looked at as being poster children for sustainability. So MSC was a no-brainer. I think we were the first prawn fishery to get the MSC certification as well. Uh, future of the fishery is interesting. I think the health of the fishery we're not, not worried about. That's... Our system works really well to maintain and run that. Um, but we've got an ageing demographic of skippers and owners and people involved in the management. And there is, there's a handful of younger ones coming through, but I'm sort of quite passionate about it, about getting... Not wait till the old, old fellows are gone, you know. You need to bring people in now so they can learn and get that corporate knowledge and not just learn how things are done, but you know how, how and why they are done that way. I think that's quite important. In such a highly managed fishery, with vessels of similar capability and performance, and with open book recording of catches, competition between skippers, crews and families is natural. For many, the best days in the fishery is the day that the boat lands the most prawns in the fleet. The best day on the boat is when you, you're catching well. Um, if you can be catching well and doing it on your own and there's no other boats around you, that's about as good as it can get. You know, good weather and your own patch of fish. It is competitive with other fishermen. I'll probably, my biggest competition would be Dad out here. So I work together with him and, yeah, fish alongside of him, um, which is a pretty cool experience. And I always, obviously I want to beat him, but... 
he's been in the game a long time, so he's a pretty good measuring stick. I love being on the water. You sort of away, you're removed from all the stuff at home in the real world. Um, I love the nature of the job that we've all got an equal chance, but it's, you know, first in, best dressed. Um, there's a bit of a drive to be, as you know, a better fisherman. It's not just trying to catch our quota and do what we can. You're, you're out here to perform, basically. Um, when, when that all goes well, there's no better feeling. But there's also the opposite effect when things don't go to plan and start pulling your hair out and knowing you've missed out. The Spencer Gulf prawn fishery is a truly remarkable fishery. Its 39 participants are motivated professionals committed to best practice not only for today, but for tomorrow. Ash Lucan reflects this professionalism and commitment of both the fishery and the next generation of fishing professionals for whom the future is bright. This is Fish Tales, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production, I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Fishtails Seafood Podcast or email us at fishtailspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.